0: well good morning it's so great to see you and if we do happen to have some overflow in the fireside room good morning to you too and uh, we're so thankful for those that have worked so diligently to make sure that we're able to do this this morning Um, you know we had a lot going on here last night and and we'll talk about that in a little bit you saw a quick video of uh, all that was happening to wrap up our outreach focus this month. And I have the privilege of sharing with you on many levels um, how Shocktober uh, has gone as we lead into November. So uh, it's sometimes we, we gather together and it's the normative. This is not the normative. We're back in our house. I pray that you are different. I pray that you look back over these past 10 months and they were not a waste. You didn't simply just hold on until we could be gathered together, but that you are different because you have gone through these challenges and you're closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go before Him now because in a moment you're going to hear His words. Calling and beckoning to you, and hopefully, before you leave today, you are closer to Christ. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you come, open the eyes of our heart as we have just sung. You are the mighty, glorious God. You are holy. You have given us what we need for this day. Now, root within our hearts, our minds and our souls, the beauty and the truth and the life of Scripture. Thank you, Father. To you be all glory. Amen. Well, this morning I would encourage you turn to Matthew 5, 33-48. And as you do so, I'm going to get my clicker. I have to get used to having a slideshow again. It's so different. And I just want to say thank you uh, to people that have been working desperately hard behind the scenes. Uh, you are the benefactors of that this morning. Um, this past week... We had one individual paint the front of this church by herself. And uh, she got it done in three days, folks, all by herself. It's like that Celine Dion song, right? And um, except she was humming scripture songs. And uh, so thank you to that individual that worked so hard. We actually can launch the space shuttle from Command Central back there. Uh, We have a whole new media section And our reason behind uh, going that direction is what has happened is a beautiful extension, something that's come out of the muck and the mire. Folks, we have over 350 people that will see this broadcast around the world today. So that's exciting. So some of these changes you're seeing... Is because we are a missions-oriented church. We believe in the light of Christ going out to the nations. It's in our mission statement. It's in our vision statement. And if we are seeing three times the amount of people that this service is going out to around the world, than those in this room, should we not pay attention to what that looks like? Not a rhetorical question. Yes or no? Yes. Yes. So that's why you're seeing some of these, these changes. So if you don't like the color, yeah, 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 some of you old-timers are laughing because you know what that's all about. Matthew 5, 33 through 48. We're doing our last session on the Let It Rain series. And you'll, if you're wondering what does that mean, Let It Rain, today I actually get to talk to that part of the passage. So we'll, we'll get to that in a moment, but what I really want you to focus on this morning is the statement or the key focus of what we're looking at in this section that we're finishing with, which is the cost of Christ-like character. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and ask Becky. I only have three slides. So Becky, if you can advance to the next slide, that'd be great. So my challenge to you today is pretty simple. You can't do this. What Jesus is about to say... Or what he said a couple millennia ago. I'm just here to give you every excuse in the world. I'm giving you every option just to tune out right at the front and say, no, I can't do it. Sounds like a really encouraging message, doesn't it? I can't do it. How many of you have ever done that? You've said, Lord, I can't do it. Lord, I can't do it. And so my challenge to you is this. What I want you to take home today is the message that Christ has for you. Part of that is combined into this statement. You can't do this, but do you want to do this? Jesus did this. So let's get in and let's look at what this is. We're going to finish up the chapter today, chapter 5. And we're going to start today in verse 33 of chapter 5. You can turn there with me. I'm just going to read the whole section. And Jesus is preaching his famous Sermon on the Mount. And what we've seen in this sermon is that Christ has a particular target audience. In the moment that he's preaching, but he also has you and I in mind when he spoke these words. You see, the individuals that he would be ministering to, those that he had done miracles with in the region of Galilee, and now he's up on a hillside above the Kinesaret. And he starts going through a litany of instructions about the kingdom and how to inherit the kingdom. How to truly know God the Father. How to truly exemplify God. And it's fascinating... Every single thing that he lists, you and I can't do. Now, I haven't had a single person come to me yet since we started preaching this in May saying, Pastor, why are you preaching this? This is so defeating. I've been trying and trying and trying to do this. I just can't do it. Well, we often don't talk about the things we can't do or the things that we fail at. You see, Jesus speaks in hyperbole. He sets the bar incredibly high. Because what he's doing in essence, he's saying this is my father's standard for holiness. This is what it looks like to be righteous, to be good. We're living in a culture and society where everybody's opinion today matters, does it not? And so uh, morality is subjective. It's conjective. And so my encouragement to you this morning is if you're frustrated with with the nomenclature of our society or our culture, saying all things are permissible because who are you to judge? Jesus pulled a crowd of people aside above a lake one afternoon in Palestine. And he set the bar saying, this is my father's standard. This is the standard he sets on me. And this is the standard he sets on you. And he starts to lay out piece by piece. That which we should attain to. That which we should strive for. That which is good. That which clears up all the ambiguity and all the opinion of how to live. It is God's standard. But we can't accomplish it. The beautiful part about looking at this passage is that we get to then reflect back on the life of Jesus Christ. And Jesus did everything he asked us to do. That's why today I ask you this question. or We have this statement, you can't do this. But do you want to do this is really where we should wrestle Today. And then we should be inspired by the fact that because of Jesus, we can do this. Amen? Let's look at what Jesus said. Let's join him on that hillside in Galilee. Verse 33. Again, you have heard it said to those of old. You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath. At all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is his city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. There was a big sigh of relief amongst the crowd. Let what you say simply be yes or no. Anything more than this comes from what? From evil. Then he goes on to talk about retaliation. He says this. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. How many of you have heard that statement? But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. How many of you have heard this? Right? How many of you have had both cheeks slapped? Right? And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. Wow, you're really asking a lot here, Christ. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. Now he starts talking about loving your enemies. You have heard, verse 43, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your what? Enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Hopefully you were looking at your scriptures because I I made it seem like you guys were the good guys with my hand inflection, and you guys were the bad guys with my hand inflection. So I didn't hear any moans or groans, so that's good. You're looking at your scripture. (laughs) He makes it rain on the just and on the unjust. And we'll circle back to that at the end. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same. You therefore, here it is. We have waited months for this. This is the qualifying statement, my friends, to everything I just told you, right? You can't do this. But do you want to do this? It's possible because who did it? Jesus. Sunday school answer. All of you should have gotten it. Let's try it one more time. Who did it? Jesus. Hallelujah. You guys starting to do some Southern Baptist work here? That's good. Yelling Jesus. Just making sure you're awake. What happened to Pastor Jeremy over these past ten months? Here it is. You therefore must be what? Perfect. As your Heavenly Father is perfect. Wow, don't you just say, I can do that. (laughs) Yes, I got this, right? That's a big colloquialism in our day and age. I got this. No, you don't. No, you don't. Were you perfect yesterday? I already blew it today. Now, all of you are like wondering, what did the pastor do? I love doing that to you all. Man, you talk about a recipe for discouragement. And yet I would implore you, I I, I really don't believe that to be true. So let's look this morning and join me. And let's pull up the the next slide there so that you have sermon notes. And as you have the sermon notes, you can fill in the blanks here. And then as I share things with you, feel free to write down things that you feel relevant or that the Lord may be speaking to you. So that we have relative change. Keep your promises. Verses 33 through 38. Right? You heard him talk about oaths. And don't take oaths. Don't swear on Jerusalem. Don't swear on your head. Don't do. You know. How many of you like. I swear on my mother's grave. Right? That one's easy. Because if your mom's in the grave. She can't spank you for saying that. Right? So swear on your mother's. Or I swear by. You know. What? He said. Stop. Just have, here it is, integrity. When God says he was going to do something, he what? He did it. Now, now I'm going to blow your minds because I'm a pastor who will speak to the idiosyncrasies of that statement. Most pastors will just move on. They made their point. Great, you got it. Good, you're sheep. You're lemming. You'll just follow whatever I say. Do you know that God changed his mind? Can you think of one time when God changed his mind? Uh Uh-oh, what kind of heresy is this? Well, I expect you to think because Jesus expects you to think. Because Jesus expects you to be able to give a defense for the gospel. And these questions will come by people. For instance, God was going to destroy the Israelites in the desert. And who interceded? Moses. So God changed his mind, did he not? Yet God keeps his promises. Now, if God says, I'm going to destroy them all, sounds like a promise to me, doesn't it? But yet he changed his mind. Where's the inter- Where, where's the yes be yes and the no be no? And you're saying, Pastor, you're, you're getting kind of convoluted here. I don't know what to understand. See, I told you, you can't do this. There's a depth of understanding that goes beyond our comprehension with God. And there are things that God will do and will move to get our attention because of our sin. So we, not knowing the Lord, not putting our faith in God, what has God said is waiting for those who have rejected him. What is waiting? Say it louder. Hell. Hell. And he said, that's what's waiting for those who have rejected him. But what did he do? He made a different way through his son, Jesus Christ. For as many who have received him may be called the what? The sons of God and experience the inheritance of heaven and all the adoptive rights of what it means to be a son of God. And God says what? He says, these are my sheep. They know the shepherd's voice and no one can what? Take them out of his hand. It's a promise. God said what? My son will return. The Messiah will come over and over. These things that God says, he does. His yes is yes and his no is no. So don't get convoluted by some side slipstreamed uh, discontinuity uh, conversation where someone hasn't done their research. Even in that engagement with God, Moses, and the children of Israel, there was much deeper, many deeper things going on. By the way, God gave them a choice later on, did he not? Drew a line in the sand and said, today you choose. Either you are with me or you are against me. And what happened? Those that came over that line and stood with Moses were saved. Those that that looked upon the staff were saved. Those that didn't were what? We're killed. So you got to look at the wholeness of what God is doing. So that you don't let yourself get off track and confused where you don't need to be. He has integrity. He's really speaking to integrity. He says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Have you ever been caught in this as a parent? Right? I get caught in this with my dog. Which makes me a parent. Right? And so... My dog, Max, always wants to go on a walk. Like I got nervous just saying walk right there thinking he'll hear it all the way in Brentwood right now. It is the one word even more than food or treat. If I say walk, my dog's looking at me. I'm sitting in my chair. My dog's looking at me. And he's just kind of like, and I say walk and he goes, hmm? He knows the word walk. It drives everything with him. And so I will do this. I'll say, Max. Max. I have to get into work, I talk to my dog. I have to get into work, I'll walk you when I get home. There are days where I don't get home in enough time to walk my dog. And do you know what my dog does? He sulks, because he knows what I promised him. And he goes in the living room and he sulks on the sofa and he puts his head on the arm of the sofa and he looks like he's waiting for the end of the world and I'll go sit in my chair. I'll try to talk to him. He won't look at me. You're dead to me, he says. You're dead to me. If a dog can understand that concept, do you see why God says it's so important that our yes be yes and our no be no? Amen? Because this is who God is. But I, I chose the easy path. I talked about how I fail my dog. Right? It's an analogy. I fail so many people all the time where I want the best thing and I say yes, but then I can't make it happen. Last night, we figure we had, what, 250 cars go through? 250 to 300 people. Yeah, just an immense amount of people. I personally got dunked 485,000 times. <laughs> I don't know where the math works out in all of that. But every time I went in, it was like SeaWorld with the Shamu show. A bunch of water goes flying out. And by the last three times I got dunked, there wasn't a whole lot of water left in that tank. And my my back has been giving me problems lately. And so the last three times, I just went right to the ground, you know, and just smashed. And, And after the first time where it hurt, I was like, you got this. You only have... 48 more minutes to go. I was like, I could do this. I could do this. I told my daughter I would do this. I'm going to do it. And I got out and boom, the second time, I'm like, I can't do this, man. I'm preaching on this tomorrow. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. And the third time, I'm leaning against the back like a fighter that's in the 14th <laughs> round that is done. He's sending a signal. Somebody throw in the towel for me, please. And finally, somebody noticed in the kindness of their hearts, and they said, "You need to take a break." And I'm like, "No, no, no! I got this." I, "No, no, you really, you're, you're not, you're not doing well. I can tell, Pastor." And you know, "No, I got. Are you, are you sure? I really want to finish." No, no, you should really get out. No, okay, fine. <laughs> but I struggled with that, and I've got so many things this week that I said yes to, and I wish I could just take the week off and sleep. And walk my dog. But my yes needs to be yes. I need to have integrity if I name Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Amen? Amen. And Jesus will give me the strength to do it. What area in Scripture reminds us of this? Jesus says, I've come to do the will of my Father when he was doing his ministry. I've come to do the will of my Father. And yet, what happens in the Garden of Gethsemane? Jesus cries out to his father and says, Lord, take this cup from me. I don't want it. And what a tragedy if it had stopped there. But the author and perfecter of your faith, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, scorning its shame. Because he loves you. And because he came to vanquish sin so that you and I can have hope and eternal life. Amen? Amen. So then he finished the statement in that garden that day by saying, or that evening, by saying, but not my will, your will. Integrity. Integrity. Something that we should be talking about a lot this week. Uh Uh-oh, pastor's going to go political again. Not yet. Give me another half hour, 45 minutes, two hours, and and I'll get there eventually. Oh, you all got nervous right there. (laughs) Second point, bless and do not curse. Verse 38 through 42, bless, do not curse. Retaliation is basically what he's talking about. How many of you have ever wanted to retaliate towards someone? You know, not overtly. But you're hoping the cop certainly pulls up on that Dodge Hellcat that just scared the crud out of you on Highway 4. And then when he pulls them over, you slow down, you roll down your windows, and you yell, Justice! Oh, no, you're, you're not a retaliator <laughs> at all. None of us really are. We have Thanksgiving coming according to the calendar. Some of us will be so bold as to not invite people because they hurt us this week, this month, this year. some of us will struggle with individuals that will be in our house because of past offenses but is this what it means to be Christ like retaliation I call it the manure of revenge evil grows from this not good you know that's how wars get started And eventually, how do war cease? People get so exhausted from the decimation that they forget about why they went to war in the first place. But most of it has everything to do with retaliation. Who are you at war with? Turn to Romans 12, 14 through 21. This is one of the best passages I can give you when it comes to This idea of bless and do not curse. Do not retaliate. There's a whole section in here that speaks to this. So verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Sounds like a predictive section of of passage for this coming week, doesn't it? Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. Have integrity. If possible, so far... Wait, stop. What did Paul just say? If possible. Now listen to what he says. If possible... So far, as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Paul understands it's not always possible. Because we're broken people. Amen? We can't do this, but the bigger question for you and I today is do we want to do this? If we want to do it, who do we look to? The author and perfecter of our faith. Amen. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Certainly sounds good when it talks in the passage in Matthew where Jesus says this, For he... Let's the rain fall on the just and the unjust. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Some of you are like, yes. Yes, I can buy into that. That's where you need to do a deeper understanding of the hermeneutic, folks. It doesn't mean you get to pour, you know, charbroil burner coals on the, on the enemy's head. Ha ha, ha! I'm doing righteous things. No. And I don't have time to go into it, but just understand that what, what the Lord is saying here is, in fact, how you treat that enemy, it is a blessing. Bless, do not curse. He says, do not, overcome, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And that really is the paramount understanding here, brothers and sisters. Is that when we want to retaliate, we make ourselves susceptible to what? Evil. We get sucked into it. We get drawn into it. Rather, why don't we look to the author and perfecter of our faith. Who conquered over sin and death. Amen? Amen. Now just so you're aware Jesus had no problem holding people accountable for their actions when their actions were hypocritical and they led people astray. Remember Paul says as much as it is possible be at peace with everyone you can't be at peace with everyone. Because if you follow Christ there are those who do not buy into what it means to be a follower of Christ. And so Their approach to life is going to be systematically different than your approach to life. Do you understand that? That does not mean that we can't treat them with love. But love salted with truth is a difficult and challenging tightrope to walk. But it can be walked. I want to share with you real quickly... A story. I, I actually heard it on the radio this morning. Having to do with retaliation. Having to do with thinking. Did you hear that in the Romans? Do not consider yourself above others. Don't be proud. But be willing to associate with people of low position. What's interesting is. In our, in our outreach month. Someone donated a large sum of money. And so we turned that into gift cards. And we asked if we wouldn't be able to take those gift cards and help people. And I've been having the stories pile in. Before I get to those stories, as I'm pulling them up, I heard a great story about this today. There was a colonel who got a promotion and he was arrogant. It was always about himself. By the way, when we love others, when we don't want to retaliate against others, we make others elevated, right? We're not concerned about ourselves. We're not concerned about our state in life. And it was funny because this colonel got a promotion. He got his own office at the Pentagon. And he really wanted to flex his, his muscles. So he had an attendant, sergeant. And uh, so he called the sergeant in. And as the sergeant came in and picked up the phone real quick, pretended to be on the phone. And he's saying, sure, uh, certainly, certainly, sir. I'll get right on that, General Schwarzkopf. Be my privilege. And, uh, and he's kind of waving at the, at the sergeant. And uh, so he says, excuse me, General, uh, just a second. I, somebody interrupted me on our phone call. And he says, yes, Sergeant, what's the problem? And the Sergeant says, sir, I'm here to connect up your phone. <laughs> Arrogance has everything to do with retaliation. And so my question again to you is, can you do this? No, you and I can't do this. But do you want to do it? We vote this week. Are we ready to bless and not curse? It's interesting because in the last debate that question was asked by the moderator. Depending on the results, if you were to win, what would you say to the voters that didn't vote for you? How will you unify this country? Great question. My question to you is very simple. Are you ready to do what some individuals came out across our nation, across the airwaves, and say, I'm disassociating my friendships from those people who do not vote the way I vote. I no longer want to be friends with an individual like that. Brothers and sisters, that's the world we live in. That is why Christ is saying a Christian looks different. A follower of Christ looks different. Are you ready to bless and not curse depending on the results of Tuesday night or December 18th or January 2nd or whenever we get this mess figured out? Let me share with you what happened as a result of not thinking about ourselves, but an individual here taking their donation, handing it into your hands, and then you going out and blessing, not cursing. I don't have time to read many of these, but there's a couple of them. So, we got 16 $100 Visa gift cards, and we had you sign up for them. And the stories are starting to come in. Pastor Jeremy, so sorry for sending this email uh, late regarding the $100 gift card. I gave it to an Egyptian family that are new, and they have four young children and they're struggling with their life. The family is very much appreciative of the gift and thank God for the support. Regarding the blessing bags, I gave one to a homeless woman and one to a homeless man and told them that Jesus loves them. This is from someone in our church that is fairly new. Hello, Pastor Jeremy. I want to share my story. I decided to give the gift card and the blessing bag to my female coworker. I knew that she has kids and that she may need some money and some items to use. She was extremely happy. She was surprised because she said the $100 gift is a lot of money and she almost cried. I told her that I am just giving her that gift as someone made a donation at our church. So basically it's from the church and I didn't spend anything. She was very thankful. I felt that I made a difference in her day. He blessed someone because he was given the opportunity by someone else to bless hundreds, maybe thousands through one gift. One more. This card was a great blessing and she gives the name, I I won't say the name, but a single mom and her four-year-old son. She has recently separated from her husband due to him abusing his son. She is now a single working mom struggling to make ends meet. She was extremely thankful. Bless, do not curse. Brothers and sisters, in the midst of our culture right now, we have such an opportunity to be the light to the world, last night's event would have been a gigantic waste of time in my mind if it weren't for the vision of our children's ministries director. Gentry, what did they receive in those bags? And as they were arriving, they were asked to tune in to 88.9. And we did a voiceover where we were able to share what's happening at East State, each station. They just turned on the radio. And then we shared with them the love of Christ. We shared with them who our church is. But the very first station that somebody drove to last night, it wasn't just about putting on a party, folks. The very first thing that happened was they drew up to the station and that station was just there to welcome our visitors the next thing that happened was one of our people said to a complete stranger how can we pray for you do you think that happened at any door last night do you think that happened at any of the other drive through events possibly but what I'm excited about is it happened here One of the things I'm extremely excited about is that we had a mind-blowing amount of people just come. One of the things we made a choice to do was to rent what's called a sky cannon. It's a spotlight. And in the darkness of that night, last night, a beam of light went up and attracted people. What a beautiful thing to know that our monument that has a lighthouse was lit for the very first time last night. So we had a beam of light going hundreds of feet into the sky, attracting people. We lit our lighthouse monument. But none of that matters if people come here and all they get is pastor going in a dunk tank. Thank you. Was that you, Mike? None of that matters if it's just the pastor going in a dunk tank or they see a great Moana stage Event. Good to see you, Maui. But they were prayed for. And I was told for some people that was shocking, other people cried and valued that opportunity. Bless, do not curse. Do you see how we can change what's going on around us? Do you see how we are changing what's going on around us? Amen? Amen. Let me finish. Love your enemies. What? I thought you just said that. Yeah, it's a little different. Love your enemies, verses 43 through 48. God's love isn't self-serving. He doubles down in this last part of the passage. He says it's no good for you to just love the people that love you. Tax collectors live that way. But are you willing to love the people who hate you, revile you? You're going to find out this week. You're going to find out this week and you're saying, wait, what are you talking about? I can't do that. And guess what? I really don't want to do that. If we're honest with ourselves, when it comes up this week, I've already prayed that the Holy Spirit would remind you and would remind me in that moment the words we just said. Do I want to love my enemy? Help me finish this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. When I say to you, as I finish out, when I say to you, for he makes it rain on the just and the unjust, I'm willing to bet because I thought this way. I'm willing to bet that if you know the Lord, you thought of yourself as the just. And that's okay, because we're justified through Christ. Amen? But wasn't there a moment where we were the unjust? Thank God. God is God. Now the question is, do I want to be like Him? If I want to be like Him, Scripture says... I can pattern my life after him and his work through me can make me more and more Christ-like, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Amen? Let me leave you with this statement. The character of Christ is impressive, inscrutable, immutable. For those very reasons, we vaunt Christ above every other name and influence and strive to reflect his glory through the power of his spirit. Let him reign in, through, and around us. Amen? Amen. Amen.